I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. So have you heard about this videotape that kills you when you watch it? Is that the one with uh, Naomi Campbell and um, the little boy? Naomi Campbell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The supermodel? Also Naomi Watts, <laughs> but one of those two. <laughs> what? <laughs> I figured it was it was good to start our 50th episode with a nice little name swap. <laughs> Since that is what you've now become known for. is just <laughs> That's what I've become known for. Is Not knowing who's constantly who. Constantly <laughs> flipping names. <laughs> Which I think is a pretty good little moniker there. You no, know? I just, I there just want to see things. Naomi Campbell as Rachel in this. Just like throwing phones at yeah. people and stuff. And yeah, and I can like, see it. Seven days my ass. Hang the phone up. Just be, yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be great. Yeah, why not? Why not? I mean, they're rebooting everything. Why not? Let's just bring it back with another Naomi. <laughs> with Naomi And then <laughs> 10 years after that, if she's still alive, maybe Naomi Judd. I don't know. Just all the Naomis. Yes, we were talking about the ring, but it has been a year that we've been doing this. This has been a whole year. What is happening, y'all? It's it's nuts. It's our, it's our fiftieth episode, and uh, oh my lord, one year anniversary. Both we did not plan that. I don't know how that happened. We did not, but no. somehow it did. When we started this little endeavor back in April of two thousand twenty, <laughs> we just had no idea that so many people were going to be listening and 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 taking our opinions seriously on pictures. It was the beginning of the pandemic, and we didn't know if we could find toilet paper, but we knew we had microphones, so. There was no TP, but there was a lot of sassafras, and <laughs> I don't know. I still feel just, I'm still in the pandemic mode, and I can't help it. That's so the it's... thing. Yeah, it, it doesn't really feel like it's been a year. It feels like it's been maybe yeah. a couple months. Uh, time mm-hmm. is still just very loopy, and, uh, yeah. but ostensibly, according to the calendar, um, of our Lord or whoever, <laughs> Samara, Sadako. We've been doing our this Lord for a year. Sadako. Yeah. <laughs> Isaac, that's our Lord, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Praise be to Isaac. <laughs> Bring us corn. <laughs> we need like a prequel. You know? I know. It's like every one you watch, you think they're going to get more into it. And then it does something totally yeah, random, like do. all the Hellraiser ones. And I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. And, like, is the best part of the, of the first one is, like, the little prequel part where they kill all the adults. Yeah. And then, like, the rest of it's, like, fine, but yeah. not, like, spectacular. Yeah. I'm like, why don't they just do a prequel with all that stuff? Like, how did it get to the point where they killed all the parents? I know. You know? Yeah. How did Isaac really, like, rope them in? Like, was he, like, if we kill all the parents, we'll have chicken strips for lunch every day? <laughs> and they're like, yay, yay. <laughs> And they, so they just bring out their hacksaws and are like, fuck you, mommy. And there's that one kid that's like, enticing Isaac, but I don't think so. I think I'm good. <laughs> it's like, I prefer Grey Poupon. Yes. I, don't think... I had chicken strips for lunch, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, so many questions. Coming soon to the podcast, the, the great corning yes. of 2021, 2022, whenever we get around to it. One day. One day. One day, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, you know, we uh we got the streamers today and uh 
Um, mm-hmm. I brought some poppers. I don't know why, but I've, I've never, oh, never done yeah. poppers. I don't have any desire to do poppers. But Sniff, sniff. <laughs> sniff, sniff. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's like a very 70s Yay. thing. Yeah, poppers. I don't... <laughs> but yeah, the you ring, know. Y'all. Yeah, the, the this ring. Is 20 years old almost. Oh, almost that's fucking nuts. Old. I distinctly remember seeing this film. Oh. I did not see it in theaters, did you? I did. I saw it. Cool. I must have. I don't, I don't know if it was opening night, but it might have been like the Saturday night. Yeah. And I can't remember if I saw it with my mom or my dad. But we went, and it was a packed house, and probably one of the greatest theater-going experiences of my life, because people were so into it. They were Good. screaming. They were just so into the movie. Yeah. And um, I would actually put it, like, in my top five best theater ex- experiences. It was really cool. Good. I, well, I saw it very different, but still very effective on a videotape in my bedroom at oh. age, like, 13. Creeped the fuck out of me, of course, because then I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, am I going to die in, in a week because I saw this? Like... <laughs> It's like, oh no. What's going to happen? <laughs> it's a unnerving little movie. And I was pleasantly surprised to say that it has still held up. No, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I think, definitely one of the best from the past 20 years, like mm-hmm. past 2000 here for sure. Definitely. Yeah, I, we'll get into it. I, um, I think we briefly wanted to talk about just some uh, podcasting things, I guess, for our 50th sure, episode. Yeah. Why not? You know, Let's do a, that. In place of our topic of the week, we'll give our wheel a little break. You know, it's been a fucking crazy year, and we're still figuring some mm-hmm. things out as we go. But We are. You know, it's, Isn't uh, that sad? <laughs> <laughs> We've had a whole year, and we're still a mess. <laughs> so thank you for sticking with us, everyone. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean... Uh, when we started this, we were like, you know, we'll just do it for a couple weeks, see what happens, yeah. see if we can maintain some sort of flow, uh, some sort of yeah. stream of consciousness or something, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we're still going. Do you have a favorite episode that we've done? Favorite? Oh, my God. Oh, we've done so many fun ones. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe The Stepfather. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that's weird, but I think it was just... Because I was expecting to just hate this movie because I yeah. hated it the first time that I saw it. And I was pleasantly surprised by how much my opinion had changed. Yeah. And it made me feel like I'd grown as a human being. And I thought, <laughs> look at that. Look at that. <laughs> of all the films to make you feel that way, yes, The Stepfather. That was the film, the <laughs> unlikely film that turned me into a better person. Well, I'm happy that you had that revelation. <laughs> I liked it, you know, um, because I, I didn't remember hardly anything about it. And I remember you saying it was really bad. Yeah. So I kind of went in expecting to, to, to hate mm-hmm. it. And I did not hate it. It was it was interesting. Yeah. So episodes like that, I really like where yeah. it kind of makes me re-evalu- re-evaluate something that I had kind of like tossed off to the side and That's... thought, I have no use for this. And That's the thing. Yeah. Like you, you can't really go by your opinion on something from like. 20 30 years ago you know it's it's because you're not that person anymore and i no, it's hard to to tell people that sometimes because i don't think they really believe me when i say that but i'm like you know right. uh, try to watch something with fresh eyes that came out like mm-hmm. you know it, sometimes it's hard you know because nostalgia and everything sometimes just clouds over yeah. it, clouds over it but still you know if, if you can get past that a little bit and still try to uh, watch something that came out many years ago. I think sometimes you will yeah. find some different things, either for positive or negative. You know, but, absolutely. Yeah. That's what I've loved about doing this yeah. is that I've rewatched so many things, and you know, like they might be films that I had seen, you know, twenty, thirty times when I was a kid, yeah. and I haven't see- seen them in a, in a while, and I rewatch them, and I'm still finding new things. 
and I'm liking different aspects of them that I had kind of not thought about as much when I when I was was a kid, and I yeah. notice small things, and sometimes like my favorite character when I was a kid isn't my favorite character when I'm an adult. And it's, it's so bizarre that I think the best movies tend to change as we change and mature. They, Mm -hmm. they never stay the same because we don't. Yeah, it's true. Uh, or even like a movie that, uh, you know, we loved as a kid to go back and realize like why we loved it, you know, sometimes because mm-hmm. as a kid yeah. you don't really think about that. You're just like, oh, I love this. You don't even think about like what right. are the the reasons why this is a particularly effective film. And um, exactly, that's been nice too to go through that. And I'm sure we'll have some of that in this film too because there's you know I, I I loved this even as a teenager, but you know mm-hmm. all I knew as as a teenager was like, oh, this is so scary. You know, I, that's all I you know that's right. all I know. You know, <laughs> yeah. So, what would your favorite episode be? Um, I think I've said this before. My favorite was the house of wax episode which uh mm. kind of similar reasons like i i think i'd written that film off for so many years that uh when i finally went back and I, i'd rewatched it a couple of years be- before we did the episode but doing it for the episode just kind of confirmed how much i really love that movie and it mm-hmm. it made me sort of reassess a lot of films from that era because i think i said before like that was not an era that I particularly liked in horror. In fact, right. it's still one of my least favorite, but like it made me go back and be like, Oh, maybe I should give this other film a chance that I just mm-hmm. kind of wrote off for being just, you know, hyper gory and serious. And there's no fun in this movie. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, because this one's really fun and I really like this movie. And, um, yeah, I just remember we clicked really well in that episode. And I think it was just, um, a really good time. And, and, um, I think we both really enjoyed that movie. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We've done, a lot of fun episodes. I'm trying to think of any other ones that kind of stood out. Um, I liked the the Guardian one as well. That was another one that just surprised oh, me. Um, that was a first watch for me. I was just I liked talking it. about that with someone. I yeah. was like, yeah, the Guardian. That's that's a fun one. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, our first month with the um, uh, what was it? Sorority Slashers. That was fun. Th- that might be my favorite lineup. I yeah, think. it was a good time because I th- I think I enjoyed all of those. I really liked. Our lineup for November, what was it? It was like Hellraiser, Seed of Chucky, Orphan, and then Blood Rage. That was a fun month. I, I don't remember much about what was said in those episodes because the election was going either. on at the same time and my brain was mush. That's what's going to be weird going back and ever listening through these episodes because like we're literally doing this through an extremely tumultuous time in history. And yeah. uh, just a little bits and pieces that we throw in here i'm sure like that month of, it'll yeah. be like you'll never guess what happened in the news <laughs> it'll be like oh my god i do remember that wow yeah, that, that was that was fun i liked the body snatchers one um that was a fun even month, though i think yeah. our least favorite episode was the last one the body snatchers the invasion of the body snatchers but the uh, original yeah but it was only because we was were, like yeah i feel like that was like one of our shortest episodes wasn't it like a half hour or something well you like edited 40, you edited it minutes. down to like 40 because it was probably like two hours of just like mumbling and like absolutely nothing it was but such a disaster it was such a mess behind <laughs> scenes then somehow you edited it down to something that makes sense but yeah we were like this movie's this movie's good yeah yeah it's good well they kept getting okay. interrupted by things it was just it was just the first episode that we did that was just like this is just like yeah. something's not clicking so we were like do we even want to release this yeah. episode but you were able to edit it down so that was good if yeah. y'all are ever thinking of like skipping an episode that's probably the <laughs> that one might be skip. the one it, you're not gonna miss much you're really yeah. not yeah. yeah spoiler we like the movie okay but yeah, we don't know it's... how to talk about it for some reason so it's <laughs> i don't know why our brains just did not work that day 
we do need to do some classic horror um, at some point, even just as a month. Or, oh, yeah. Um, get some more in there. Cause I would I, enjoy that. I think we've done mostly like 80s through early 2000s, which is a good period. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good you yeah. know, chunk of time there. But yeah. I haven't seen a lot of like Hammer horror films Me neither, from the 60s. you know? Uh, so that could be that interesting be fun. sometime. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen the like the big classics, I think, from the 40s through 60s. But like mm-hmm. after that, any of the... Like, I'll see people post about stuff on Facebook. And I'm like, I've never even heard of that. I'm sure it's great. But, you yeah, know. Yeah. It sounds delightful. Yeah, it sounds delightful. I, I, I want to see it. Is it gay? Because that's what I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> Does it have the queer content <laughs> for us queer people? What are some films we really want to cover at some point? I don't know. I want to talk about all the prom nights. I love the prom nights. Mm, mm-hmm. I, just, I just want to have a prom night month. And there's four of them if you don't include that horrible remake. Yes. So, I mean, it would fit. Yeah, we might have to do some double features at some point just to get some mm-hmm. of these in, like some of the sequels and stuff. Because, yeah, there's yeah. so many sequels. It's hard oh to God. fit them all in. We barely, you know, touched the surface here with all these films we've done. And uh, there's so many yeah. that I'd like to do. But... Also, Dead and Buried. We definitely do that at some point. Dead and Buried. Oh, yeah. Because that Blu-ray is coming out soon. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait mm-hmm. to watch it with new, fresh eyes. Yeah. And so I really want to do an Italian horror month because sure. you, brought, you brought it up. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be fun yeah. because some of those movies are so out there that there's a lot to talk about. It's the scripts that get me, man. I just They're so bad. They're so some bad. Some of those scripts are ridiculous. It's like, was this just made up on set? Like, yeah. what, what, what's going on, guys? <laughs> so you're going to have to find some just really crazy-ass ones to keep my attention. Because that's my thing. Like, Oh, I can do that. I'll be good for like half an hour in some of these movies. And then I'm like, I'm bored. Nothing's happening in the script. And, yeah. You know, it's, and I know. it's like, why are they having sex again? Yeah. What, what's going on? It's like... Yeah. Um, and made for TV month, we should do that. At some oh, point. made for TV month. Yeah. Oh, that would be so much fun. Ones. There are so many good ones that like no one ever talks about because they're made for TV and they're like, oh, that's like a step, a step down from big theatrical pictures. Right. I'm like, it is not. It's, some of these are wonderful. It's kind of hard sometimes when, when we have like such an expansive topic because it's like we have so many options. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when we did yeah. the erotic thrillers in February, it was like, my God, there are like a million oh, of them. How do we even like you know? Um, I want to do them all. I'd yeah. like to come back to the, that one at some point because there's so many. I mean, you could do a whole podcast on that. Yeah, there's so many. You really could, uh, yeah. Separate ones. And it's it's horror adjacent. Uh, so it's, mm-hmm. yeah, there, there's so many options in there. But yeah, I want to do some Satanists at some point too. Ooh, some, that would uh, be fun. Satanists who lunch, if you will. We got to come back to witches at some point. There's oh, yeah. so many. And anthology lot, stuff. There's yeah, there's, there's anthologies. We've stuff. been wanting to do that forever. Yeah. And... It'll happen. We haven't found a good a good a, a good time yet, no. but it's it's gonna happen. It'll happen. Do we have any advice for people who are thinking about starting a podcast? You know, be yourself. Be yourself. Yeah. Uh, be your own flashlight <laughs> in the darkness of the of the well world around you. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the darkness of the well. <laughs> Haven't we all been stuck in a well this pandemic? Come on. I mean, th- this is the most pandemic-y movie. I think so. Of all time, really. Yeah. Uh, just do it. I guess that's my advice mm-hmm. for people you know there you can sit there and think about it forever but it's like mm-hmm. with anything any sort of project like you can spend too much time thinking about actually doing it and not actually doing it and yeah uh, that's a very common issue yeah I've seen. yeah you know it, you'll stumble at first like with anything and uh over time it'll get a little bit easier and you'll have times when it's difficult and times when it's easy and it's just i don't know it's and I don't think you don't beat yourself up too much of like, oh, I don't know enough about horror. I don't know you know enough about this. I don't have my own sort of perspective on this. So like you don't know what your perspective is until you just do it, you know? Okay. So here we are, year 2002. I think we were here previously for a swim fan episode. 
We mentioned not a particularly great year for horror. Hence, swim fan. Hence, swim fan. <laughs> Whatever. I still have fun with that movie. It's bad. <laughs> I did too. But... <laughs> Who am I kidding? It's bad. I'd watch yes. it again if I was forced to. <laughs> I mean, and I would enjoy it. Uh, yeah. It, it, I don't know. It, uh, the Ring was the best one that came out that year. You know, I, I think oh, easily. by and large, it was <laughs> yeah. just it, very formative and. Uh, we're kind of still in the middle of that ghosty, slow burn, supernatural thriller phase that The Sixth Sense kicked off in 99. And of course, there was What Lies Beneath and The Gift and The Others and eventually The Grudge and all those films kind of wrapped up in there. Japan was a huge player in this because in 1998, they released Ringu and it was a huge commercial success over there. It was actually the second adaptation of the 1991 novel. The first was a TV movie. So Hollywood saw how successful this was and they were like, hey, we are already making movies like The Sixth Sense and What Lies Beneath. And so why don't we take this story that's already ready for us and do it, you know, our own way, which, uh, you know, usually doesn't go well. But (laughs) in this case, those those bastards. I do seem to remember when they announced this, everyone was like, ugh. They were so mad. They're like this. They're going to fuck it up so hard. It was a different time because I don't think a lot of people had seen seen Ringu because it wasn't easy Mm -hmm. to get your hands on. It wasn't. Foreign horror as it is now. Now it's a lot easier because everything's. I think it had been on DVD in the States until this film came out. That, That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people in the United States, you know, they well, they maybe knew it was a ring. Uh, uh, a re- I can't talk. They maybe knew it was a reboot, but yeah, they didn't know what the original was, much about it. Um, just a very different environment than now, because now it's like you can find any foreign horror film, like just on streamers or wherever, for the most part. Oh yeah. And, uh, but back Thank then, God it, for that. I'm yeah, really... yeah, that's something that's been nice. But that back... is one good thing about the streaming age is that it, some things are easier to find than they were back in like the nineties or the yeah. early two thousands. So I'll give it that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They greenlit this thing pretty quickly, from what I understand. It went into production without a completed script, which is always a good sign, right? <gasps> oh, God. How did this film turn out so well? I know. Uh, especially with Aaron Kruger writing it, um, who wrote Scream hey, 3. Now, <laughs> I did not care for Scream 3, yeah. but I did like the skeleton key, which he wrote, and I do like this. So yeah. I'm like, I feel like maybe Scream 3 just wasn't meant to be. <laughs> Maybe. Although I did see he wrote three drafts of the script and then they brought someone else to do a big rewrite, but he didn't get any credit. So and that was Scott Frank, who did Minority Report and Out of Sight and some Mm. random other stuff. So it was a group effort here. Uh, Then they brought Gore Verbinski in to direct, which he hadn't done too much before this. He did Mouse Hunt in 1997, which I remember that movie. That was fun. I mean, if I had seen Mouse Hunt, I would have said this guy needs to make a horror (laughs) film immediately. I mean, if that doesn't scream horror master, what does? It's true. And his other big movie was The Mexican, starring Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts, neither of whom are Mexican. Even better. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know anything Even about better. that movie, but. I don't, I remember the trailer. Yeah. That's about it. I never saw the movie <laughs> because it looked kind of boring. I was like, eh. It's true. I don't know why they tapped this guy to make this movie, but somehow it worked out. Uh, I'm glad they did. They it did. worked out very well. Yeah. <laughs> I think he had made some, like, experimental, like, film for his first film. I don't remember what it was, but maybe they had seen that and they liked it. But, yeah, something something really clicked here because all the forces really came together very quickly and created this really visually stunning, you know, film. And uh, notably, David Lynch was offered to direct this. I did not know that, but Wikipedia tells I me that. I could see it. I could see that. I could totally see it, yeah. But, of course, he I'd was— I'd be interested you know, to see his take on it. That would, I would be too. fascinating. And, of course, he did— 
um, Mulholland Drive the year before with Naomi Watts. With Naomi Watts, with yeah. Slash, she was fresh off of that. Yeah, slash Naomi Campbell, right? So Verbinski, he wanted to keep the kind of grim minimalism that was you know, present in the Ringu. So that's why they set it in Seattle, Washington. So you get all this kind of dark, wet, and isolated atmosphere. And it is great. It's really spooky. And yeah, it really sets the mood here. Not really great for Seattle tourism, I would say. But, you know, (laughs) it's not, it's not, not exactly Frasier, you know, it's a little, uh, it's a little, I like to think Frasier was going on in, in, in this exact same town at the same time. Mm. A lot of toss salads and scrambled eggs and scr- ghosts scrambled there. Eggs <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> more like toss salads and scrambled TV signals. <laughs> oh, I'll be here all week, folks. <laughs> if you like that one, I got so many more in my trunk. I mean, we'll see if we're here all week. We don't know. We just watched a pretty creepy <laughs> yeah. videotape. So, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I did get this weird phone phone call, and she's like, seven days." I was like, "You've got seven days." I don't know what you're talking. At least she's a very thoughtful ghost. I. I, I like to think of Samara as being kind of like a life coach. She's basically saying, you're not living your life well. So I'm going to give you seven days to get your shit together. And then we're going to see what happens. Maybe I'll kill you. Maybe I'll be like, good for you. You cleaned your act up. You can live. That's one way of looking at the kind of jigsaw yeah. approach of, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm going to give you a chance to try to solve my ghosty mystery and curse. And if you don't, well, <laughs> I gave you a chance. I think she means well. She really does. Uh, or or the exact opposite. She just likes to torture someone for seven days, knowing that they can never do anything yeah. to stop it. But, you know. <laughs> That's probably more her M.O. She's <laughs> yeah. a very nasty girl. Very nasty. Ugh. Just a mean girl. Very yeah. rude. This opened on October 18th, 2002 in the United States. It grossed $250 million against a $48 million budget. So lots of money. Hell yeah. Lots of money. Hell yeah. Um, it was a huge hit in Japan as well, even outgrossing Ringu. So that's wow. something there. Yeah critics generally positive which is the first time i've said that in a while i feel like (laughs) (laughs) this doesn't have a a three out of ten on rotten tomatoes or whatever (laughs) i'm surprised we even like it (laughs) yeah (laughs) we only like the bad movies (laughs) no but it has a 71 percent, which that's respectable for a horror film yeah i think it could be higher i think it could be you know uh verbinski was praised for you know the slow revealing plot um, they kept the audience interested, and they said he had a fine-tuned gift for calibrating and manipulating viewer expectations, which I agree with. Uh, I totally agree. And Watts got a lot of praise for her performance, which is very deserved, because I and love this character, should. and she's so good she's in wonderful. this character. It's so good. I just want to say this, because a lot of English and Australian actors, when they do an American accent, it can get a little iffy. Mm-hmm. But Naomi Watts has always as the kids would, would would say, understood the assignment. Yes. And she just always nails it. She has the most flawless American accent. Yeah. And I love her for that. That's true. Yeah, there's something about her that's just so endearing. Like, you look yeah. at her and you're like, oh, this is going to be like a typical, you know, stereotypical uh, blonde actress, you know, bombshell mm-hmm. performance type thing. But there's always, you know, she's always thinking, you know, she's always in these yeah. great roles where she's able to outsmart people and, even in Mahal, even in Mahal and Drive, it's a very different character, but it's still, uh, there's more beneath the surface there. You know, it's it's, it's oh, interesting. Yeah. It's very fascinating. Ebert and Roper uh, had mixed opinions. Uh, oh. In this case, Roper gave it a thumbs up, and Ebert gave it a thumbs down. Fuck uh, you, Ebert. I know. Uh, really? He, uh, some of the critics didn't really care for 
David Dorfman's creepy little kid character because it was very The Sixth Sense-esque, which I can see. But also the original mm-hmm. Ringu had a creepy kid in it too. So it's not like this was yeah. something that they just made up out of thin air here. I mean, sometimes he is like a little too creepy. I'm like, I yeah. think he's going to become like a serial killer. Like yeah. he does have a creepy vibe. He's not my favorite part of the movie, but uh, no. I just kind of accept it. And yeah. Yeah. I'm like, it, it was a thing back then. So Right. Okay. Like there's a reason why <laughs> Scary Movie 3 just like kid. made such a <laughs> like thing out yeah. of that character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This movie was a huge hit. Uh, I don't have much else to say. That's why we got a bunch of other English language remakes of Asian horror films, and none of them were as good. We did. Um, they were interesting, yeah. some of them, but they were not as good as this. I went back and rewatched Ringu a couple weeks ago because I knew we were doing this, and it holds up really well too. You know, it's a really strong film. I think the changes they make in this are good changes um, because I think I would agree. There's some weird, like, kind of convoluted plot points in Ringu that. I, they just don't work as well for me. Like the mom yeah. is psychic in that one and she's being like experimented mm-hmm. on and they like put her in front of, front of a group of people and uh, somebody ends up dying and it's then it, but then it's explained that it's like Sadako did it slash Samara slash the little girl. Yeah. There's just some plot points in the second half that don't totally mesh. Um, and I attribute some of that yeah. to the just difference in differences in culture, you know, because I think what that film does do really well is it has this great kind of mood and like, there's this, sort of idea that there's a supernatural world all around you, which I think is a very um, East Asian viewpoint in general, that like there's mm-hmm. this, you know, um, ghosts are everywhere. And I think that's why those films have been so effective over there. Whereas in this American remake, they've kind of simplified it and just said that there's this one ghost essentially. And she's right. And maybe there's other ones out there, but we don't know. We're not really focused mm-hmm. on them. We're just focused on this one ghost who is really fucking with the living a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, so I think that's a major difference and the the uh, the Noah character in that one, I can't remember what his name was, um, Ryuji, I think he was psychic in that one, and but it was like never explained, and it was just kind of like okay, I don't really understand this. Which I guess you could make the same argument for this one with the little boy, but at least I don't yeah. know. He you at least the boy had a connection to the um, his cousin, so I, yeah, I don't know. Um, like yeah, because I, I remembered the kid being kind of psychic, but then like within the first few minutes of the movie, like he tells Rachel that Katie, his cousin Mm -hmm. basically told him that she was going to die. And I'm like, well, did she tell him like in person or was it like a psychic thing that she did? Like you never really know. You know, I, 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 I think there's a sense that like, well, it's a curse and it, but it's also sort of a virus. And if you're too close to someone who I think has been exposed to this, then you start to have, um, repercussions too like the friend becca who ends up in a mental institution right. even though she yeah. didn't see the video she was close to someone who had and so i assume that's partly mm-hmm. why um so maybe that's what's going on with aiden the boy as well i assume maybe maybe so yeah um, when ringu came out they also had raisin which was a sequel that came out the same year and that one was kind of forgotten because people didn't really like it but i went back and watched that the other day and it's kind of interesting because they treat it like a sexually transmitted disease in that one and oh. it's just very different approach like it's literally like uh, something that can be transmitted through a lot of different ways and it affects the nervous system and it, it, there's like smallpox involved and it, it's a very oh weird approach to it but like apparently it's closer to the how the the books do it so but this this movie i think is vibing more on the uh, Ringu, the original movie, which is kind of a loose adaptation of the book. In the book, there are two male protagonists, so already I'm checked out, you know? 
Yeah. <laughs> Boring. Boring. <laughs> Too much testosterone. Yeah, I need my sassy female lead, which this has, you know? Yeah. And exactly. She's, like, I yeah. think it's a great, it, it's a great updating, you know? It yeah. just sort of, because she's so likable, you know? Like, I mean, she seems kind of tough, you know? Because, like, the first time we see her, she's on the phone and she's, you know, cussing out her like, editor or you, you whatever. Punctilious Punk- prick. Punctilious prick or something, Punctilious prick. You touch my column <laughs> yeah. and I'm coming down there and poking your eye out with this little red pencil. <laughs> it's okay. And then there's that scene where, like, her, I guess her boss, like, comes up yeah. to her desk and he's like, you're fired. And she's like, no, I'm not. He's like, no, you're fired he's like no i'm not let me do this story yeah and then she's she's on the phone and he's just standing there and she's like can you just like go away (laughs) i mean who does that like how can you not love her yeah it's true it's our our, fired you asshole our friend uh mike on instagram um said that she's basically Mm -hmm. like a gay man and i'm like i agree with that you know she's just like (laughs) i would agree (laughs) because she's so shady and she's just like you know what i'm i'm busy just just go away right now okay i don't have time for your shit okay Uh, she's so good and um I love that she sees the videotape and the very first thing she does is she calls her ex-boyfriend and has him watch it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, if we're doing this, we're doing it together, motherfucker. (laughs) Again, so fucking shady. It's so good. I know. And she she puts up like a little bit of a fight, like, oh, maybe you shouldn't watch that. But then she's just like, eh, go ahead and watch it. Like, I don't care. It's fine. And the the kind of dynamics are interesting between them as a couple, too, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's like. She's more of the dominant one in the relationship, it seems like. And he's a little more yeah. of the kind of laid back, I'm just going to smoke all day and take pictures, you know, kind of, you know, uh, type person. Um, nothing wrong with that. I, but yeah, I do really like how even with their relationship, there's an element of mystery there. Because like yeah. when when she first gets back together with him to kind of solve this case, like mm-hmm. you don't really know that they had a relationship. It's, it's yeah. slowly dolled out. And then eventually once Aiden watches the tape that's the first time she a- a- actually says our son and you're like oh shit that's their kid together like it's implied maybe but you know you that's don't true. really know and until like probably halfway through the film Th- this kid has a very complex relationship with both of his parents right because he refers to his mom yeah. as Rachel and little he, shit <laughs> yeah little shit and he like barely acknowledges yeah, his his dad. I, even the scene where they first see each other, which is taken straight from Ringu when they're standing out in the uh, yeah. rain. It's a great sequence though, mm-hmm. where they're just standing in the rain with the umbrellas and yeah. um, and they just kind of look at each other and they're like, "Who are you?" <laughs> but yeah, the, I I think the dynamics are kind of shifted a little bit in this versus Ringu because in Ringu, um, the the guy um, Ryuji is more kind of assertive and he takes charge in the second half of the plot, which is why I kind of lose interest because I'm like, I don't really care about the guy. I care mm-hmm. more about the female reporter character, but. Right. Um, whereas in this, she's always sort of the one in charge. Like she's always telling yeah. him what to do and kind of instructing him. And he, he wants to help, but uh, yeah, and he does to some degree. It, um, it yeah. does become kind of like more of a team yes. effort, like yes. midway through, which I do like, you know, like she's like, I've got to get on this ferry and go talk to Mr. Morgan and stuff. So why don't you go to the mental hospital and try to find the records on Anna? Mm-hmm. And so he's off doing that while she's trying to get the answers and so it's nice that they can kind of multitask. I like that. They're a very, very good team. Yeah, they power work couple. Very yeah. I wonder why they broke up because I, th- I feel like they should have stuck together. You yeah, know? she has that whole they monologue. What does she say? Where she's like, this is the part where I say you're a flake who never finishes anything. Um, then you say, I'm an obsessive bitch who needs to lighten up. And then I storm off, storm off <laughs> all pissed, kicking myself for ever thinking that you could just grow up. Um, so there's a lot of baggage with this, this couple, right? Uh, oh, yeah. They probably got together really young and had this kid well they, they would have had to because this kid is like i don't know eight or nine it seems like he's yeah i don't know 
And how old are they supposed to be? Like maybe early 30s? I would think, yeah. Uh, But yeah, let's talk through it. Yeah, What's so going there on? is this, it's a dark and stormy night once mm-hmm. again. There's a theme here. Yeah. And there are two gal pals, two high school friends, mm-hmm. uh, Becca and Katie, and they're talking. And, and Becca's like, hey, there's this videotape that kills you when you watch it and stuff. And she's like, wait a second. I think I've seen this tape. That's what Katie says. Mm-hmm. And she's and like, then, no. Then she's Pamela like, no. Anderson comes in and then they have a, <laughs> a pillow fight. That is the wrong film, Kevin. <laughs> oh. I am so offended. Ah, I'm walking damn, off the show. Damn. Okay. Do your homework. Do better. Do yeah. better. <laughs> I will try. Okay. We've only been doing this for 50 episodes. Okay. <laughs> it's true. And um, this, this opening scene, yeah. like it feels very kind of separate from the rest of the movie like it it's mm-hmm. almost more like a scream type opening yeah air, like, it's like a little fun prologue yeah it's very opening kill scene very campy mm-hmm. and they're like kind of bitchy to each other which is why they parody it and scream three and yeah. um and i don't totally believe that these two would be friends with each other because becca seems more like a loner goth type and uh katie is just kind of yeah. a popular girl but well becca seems more goth like after she loses her mind yeah, but I could yeah. kind of see it maybe because I just like thinking back on high school and stuff. Like there were some some girls like this that kind of were friends, you know. And, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but yeah. So Katie's all like, "Wait, I think I've seen this tape because I was with this this guy named Josh, mm-hmm. and like last weekend, and we were at this cabin and we saw this tape and we didn't know what it was. And then afterwards, the phone rang and this girl said we had seven days to live. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, she starts like choking and she's like, "Oh shit." Katie, are you okay? And then it's just a joke, oh. just a little death joke between friends. That Katie, she and, gets uh, me every time. And so they have like a little pillow fight, you know? <laughs> They're so funny. Oh. And she's like, oh my God, you went away with Josh. Did you have sex? You're such a hoe. Tell me. And then the phone rings because it's, it's exactly the time when they watched it last week. Mm-hmm. And, and so they walk downstairs. It's just their mom. And, oh, it's, and, you know, so. it's just Barb. So, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, Barb, calm down. I know you'll be back at midnight. It's cool. And Becca goes back upstairs, I guess, to like, I don't know, like take a shower or something. And I don't know. she wants to know where her mom's Vicodin is. That's Vicodin is. Okay. Yeah. Nice goals. I yeah. like it. And, uh, and so then all of a sudden the TV cuts on and Katie's like, oh shit. And she turns it off and she walks back into the kitchen and it turns back on again. She's like, uh, uh mm-hmm. no. And she turns it off. And then this like weird shadow like flies across the TV and she's like, oh no. Yeah. And she walks up to the stairs and there's this this puddle of water dripping outside of her Oof. her door. And she's like, oh shit. And she and she grabs the the dripping doorknob of death and yeah. opens it up. And and there's this creepy staticky video on her TV of this well. Yeah. And she just like screams and then it just cuts away. You're like what the and fuck? And there's is this happening? like high pitched noise there too. It, yeah, because I was watching with my dogs That's last weird. night and they both jumped up at that scene. So there's oh yeah, there must be like a really high pitch in there that just it's very unpleasant. Yeah. And then we meet Rachel and Aiden, mm-hmm. and Aiden's been having some problems because you see Katie, who just died, was his cousin. Mm-hmm. And it's been about three days now, and so he's been draw- drawing these pictures, and his teacher's very concerned that. He's sort of lashing out in a, in a kind of unhealthy way. But Rachel's like, no, it's cool. Like, you know, she just died. They were very close. Mm-hmm. And she's like, wait, she just died? And she's like, yeah. And she says, well, he drew these last week. <gasps> dun, 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 dun. And so Rachel's like, what's with my kid? My kid might be psychic or mm-hmm. something. Eventually, like, they go to the funeral. Like, the, I guess it's more, more, more like a wake. And it's, it's at... Um, 
their house and uh this funeral and, yeah it's it this does yeah. remind me a bit of six sense just the way it's shot yeah um, yeah it's very kind of a somber event here and uh mm-hmm. her sister rachel's sister is just like desperate for answers and um, yeah she wants her to help meanwhile her husband is just like catatonic and can barely speak yeah he um, hasn't left the bed and stuff she she says and so she wants rachel to find out because that's what yeah. she does she's an she's a reporter mm-hmm. and she's like listen i saw her face and it cuts to what she saw when she found Katie's corpse. It's fucking disgusting and yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Um, her mouth is just like in this crazy expression of terror and her eyes are creepy and I her love... skin is turned all green. It's oh, Yeah. It's I love how it does that. Like it, you never see anyone finding like, you know, well, because later on when she finds, you know, who uh, you don't see her, yeah. you don't see the face, but you do in like a montage later on. So yeah. Like I like how it does that. There, it's like yeah. you don't see it as yeah. it's happening, but you see it, the memory mm-hmm. of it essentially later on, which is interesting. And it comes out of nowhere. So it's yeah. terrifying. It's yeah. one of the greatest jump scares of all of all time. Yeah. And uh, and so then Rachel decides, OK, well, I'm, I'm going to figure this out. So she goes into her room and discovers that they were at this. They were at this like cabin in the woods, right? Mm-hmm. And so she's like, "I need to, f- I need to go there and see if there's any clues." And then outside, she, there's all these kids from their school talking. This is and the best like, scene. Yeah, Becca went crazy. She's in like a mental hos- hospital and stuff. And so Rachel comes out with her little cigarettes, and she's all like trying to be like one of the cool kids. And I she's love like, it. Hey guys, I love yeah, it so much. Hey, so. uh so like, what's the scoop? What's the hubbub? You know. I remember when and, I was uh, that age. Me and my girlfriend used to sneak up to my room and get high all the time. Get high, and they're like, "Yeah, okay, lady, cool." And yeah. she like takes the girl's and, uh, cigarette and like lights her own cigarette with it. I'm like, God, yeah, I just love it. The whole scene's great. And so she finds out all this info because there's this dude played by Adam Brody before yeah. he was on the OC, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Well, what about the tape? There's like a tape, man. There's like a tape." And he talks about the tape. And she's like, what tape? It's like this tape that kills you when you watch it. And it's like, well, have you seen it? And he's like, uh, no, because I'm still here, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so she's like, interesting. So she decides, well, I'm going to go and uh, I'm going to develop these pictures that she never got developed of their time at the cabin. Yeah. And she develops these pictures and she sees that they're all fine except for a picture I guess they took right as they left in front of the cabin, mm-hmm. cabin number 12. And all of their faces are distorted. And she's like, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. And so she decides to go to the cabin. And there's this weird guy that like works there. He's like this like Norman Bates type that's yeah. like obsessed with card, <laughs> card tricks. tricks and, yeah. he, and he's like, yeah, I saw all these kids last week. They didn't pay and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's like, um, what are all these tapes? And she's like, and the guy's like, yeah, well, our TV here doesn't get the best reception. So we have all of these tapes and she sees this unmarked blank tape. And she's like, maybe that's the tape. Mm-hmm. So she takes the tape and she goes to the cabin right as the sun's going down. There's this beautiful, beautiful scene where like the sun goes through the, the, the red leaves of, oh, of, yeah. of the tree out the, outside. The, the and cinematography, just red. like all the visuals, oh, gorgeous. like all, every, it's just so That's all these so striking images and image images in this movie, gorgeous. and um, and it makes sense later on when you find out why. But yeah, when mm-hmm. you're watching it, you're like, oh, this is just you know really pretty and everything. But uh, so beautiful. Yeah, it's great. And, I love uh, it. I, I like it's how get, they're in like cabin twelve too, and not cabin thirteen. Yeah. But anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be too on the nose. Too on the nose, I guess. Um, <laughs> this is a classy film, Kevin. Yes, I know. And uh, and so she put puts in this tape, and she starts to watch it, and it's like this weird like student. 
film thing. It's like yeah. very experimental and strange and nothing really makes any sense. Some of it is but, yeah, from Ringu and some of it they added new for this. Mm-hmm. Um like the, yeah. the image of the mom looking in the mirror, like that's a very that was from straight from Ringu, but a lot of the other images oh, yeah. were and I think they they did that so they could make draw out the suspense a little bit more because they could make mm-hmm. every image that's in the film could come to life later on. So exactly. So, so you have to be careful because all of these images, for for the most part, do come into play mm-hmm. later in some way. Yeah. And it ends on this like sh- shot of this well, and then it just cuts to static, and yeah. Rachel's just like, "What the fuck was this?" <laughs> and then she gets a phone call, and it's this voice that says seven days. Yeah, and she runs out into the rain because she's so unnerved. I don't know why she does that. She's just like, I'm gonna run into the rain. I'm scared. Ah. I don't know. And that's also and then, different from Ringu. And Ringu, there's no seven days bits. It's just like static that she hears on the phone. Um, yeah, but I prefer the seven days because it gives it like a countdown. Like it's like very, you know. No, but yeah, you're right. There's there's this very ticking time bomb throughout the whole movie of mm-hmm. um, because we know something's gonna happen in seven days, and it's the same for Ringu because they knew that people died in seven days. But now, yeah, yeah we we know because the girl said it, and mm-hmm. uh, so you, there's that sense of impending doom throughout the entire movie after this. Um, oh, it's totally. Just, it's just a tick 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 tick, and uh, you see the mm-hmm. title screens that say like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's all building yeah. to day four, day. You know, it's um, it's very The Shining. You know, it, yeah, with, with, with those little title cards and yeah um and then so the next day she's she's like you know uh my ex is kind of into this like video stuff like maybe he'll un- understand like where this came from and stuff so she contacts him um and he watches the tape and as you said she's kind of like i don't even know if you should watch this and and he's like i'll be fine and barely puts up a wa- fight basically watches it yeah and he's like that wasn't even that scary like yeah. it looks like it looks like a student film uh-huh. which is true it kind of does yeah and uh and she's like well um now i'm gonna let you look at this i've taken my picture and they're all screwed up and he's like yeah it looks it looks that 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 way but it might just be a camera trick and she's mm-hmm. like oh my god then there's a phone call for him but she just makes it go to voicemail (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh and then she starts doing some investigation she wants to figure out what's going on so she goes to this like audio visual lab thing you know i love a research sequence and there are so one of the best ones yeah there's there's like just like five of them and they're all great like her most of this film is just her doing research it really is i love it so much it's gripping research like she'll be looking at microfilm and then later on she'll be like making photocopies of books and it's but there's like hans zimmer in the background so it sounds like much more exciting than it is this score so scores are great fucking spooky yeah it just gets under my skin it is because it it has that one little melody that comes uh, mm-hmm. through the whole time. The da 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 da, yeah. and I love it because it sounds kind of um, innocent at first with the da da mm-hmm. da, but then it has that little bit of dissonance. Da 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 da. It just gets gives right me chills. Yeah. Ooh. yeah, she goes to this lab where she meets this delightful um, lesbian who works there. I don't know. If she's <laughs> That's a what lesbian. I thought too. When I was watching this, I'm like, yeah, is. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what a fun lesbian she, she is. And she's kind of rude to her. Yeah, she's kind of rude to the lesbian <laughs> woman, but you know, <laughs> she's very rude to the lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> so, because the lesbian wants to watch this stuff. Like she, she. What are we watching? Home movies. Like, yeah, and she's like, I would rather just watch this alone. And she's like, Okay, fine, bye. Fine, bitch. Like, All right. <laughs> I thought this was gonna be like a bonding moment, but whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
you're not my sister. And yeah. uh, and so she sees that like if you pull the tracking on the tape, it looks like there's more image on the side. And there's this one shot on the hill, and she notices that there's like a lighthouse. That, like the further you crank the tracking, the more you can see it. And mm-hmm. she prints out a um a picture of it. Mm-hmm. And she also notices that there's a fly. Mm-hmm. on the image but she's paused it so she doesn't know why it's still twitching and moving yeah and she reaches in and grabs it and she pulls the fucking fly out of the screen and her nose bleeds yep. and our favorite lesbian comes in and 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 is like hey uh you're you got something on your nose there <laughs> she came into contact with jeff goldblum and uh yeah that's right he's like help me there. help me because she had seen this <laughs> she saw this fly earlier and it was just fine but then she saw it again and yeah. it was like oh i can actually touch it weird okay it's so weird it's yeah. kind of like a nightmare on elm street kind of mm-hmm. where like they pull the hat out of the dream and stuff so it's getting really that's weird what's now great about this movie yeah it feels like it draws from so many different sources and yeah mm-hmm. so there's some nightmare on elm street in there and definitely like the changeling and um yeah um, yeah uh the haunting All the good shit yeah, the haunting of Julia, absolutely, with this twist yeah. at the end, and yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah, all the best stuff. I think that's why it's so effective. Yeah, I love it so yeah. much. Yeah. And so and so now she's like, well, I gotta find this l- lighthouse. So mm-hmm. cue the library montage. <laughs> it's better it's than like a shopping montage. montage okay, yeah. <laughs> it's better than that. We're it's reading like, girls; books. they wanna have fun. <laughs> We're checking our GeoCities <laughs> websites. It's the which lighthouse is it? I don't know. <laughs> who's she's like trying to find <laughs> who's animal. <laughs> Morgan. <laughs> she loves her horses, but she has mental problems. She went to an asylum. Where could it be? She pushed her daughter it's... down a well. <laughs> she learned so much. You guys, reading and knowledge are power. Okay, yeah, it's so true. This is. I mean, the more you know. Okay, this and, was like yeah. And, this, was, uh, this was before everything was online. You know, you could you could yeah. find some stuff, but otherwise you had to go to the library and actually dig up all these fucking books and all these charters and uh, find out how this how this bit of information goes along with this other bit of information. And it's, yeah, oh, it's, it's and she doesn't even stop there. She's like going deep into the archives, like in the basement, and like climbing on top of things to get to the 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 top yeah. newspaper scrapbook and like yanking it down and going through it like she's going hardcore and she's discovering that that this town where this lighthouse is had this problem with uh, horses being killed and this woman named Anna Morgan who turns out to be the woman from the tape who was brushing her hair in the mirror she was all about horses and she has this husband and and um and they um ad- adopted this kid and stuff and like there's all this stuff slowly coming out and she's like i've got to go there and figure this out and then she's having like weird dreams and stuff she's having dreams about this creepy girl with like long black hair just like grabbing her arm and like it's very odd and she's like yeah. and she has a dream where like she's she coughs up like this big piece of horse hair or something. I think, yeah, that actually happens if I remember right. Like she. Oh, that that is real. Yeah, I think it's real. It's anyway. hard to tell. It's it, hard to tell. What's it connect? It's like connected to something like a. It looks like one of those like EKG. EKG. Yeah, that's what it is. Something. Yeah, it's like an EKG yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, so is is that Samara's hair or the horse's? I, I, I can't tell. We'll never They're know. Both the same shade. It's a mystery. So I don't know. Yeah, there, there's a lot of. Yeah. And earlier she walked under a ladder. I, th- I think you said that, but I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. There, that, there's a ladder, and this guy's like, "Watch out! It's gonna be bad luck." And she's like, "That's the ladder from the video." Right. What? Yeah. All these things are from the video are slowly coming to life, yeah. and 
like several days pass very quickly too. Um, it's like mm-hmm. by yeah. the end, because by the, halfway through the movie, we're already like day six. So it's like, yeah, it's pretty much like the first five days, like each day gets like a five to six minute chunk. And yeah. that's about it. Yeah. But and the shit really hits the fan when she catches Aiden watching mm-hmm. the tape. And she's like, motherfucker, I was trying to protect you. And he's like, I couldn't sleep. And it's like, well, then turn on Cartoon Network, you fucker. That, like, why are you watching this weird fucking, unmarked tape? It's heartbreaking. Yeah, because yeah. up until that point, she had kind of just been... Uh, I mean, she was afraid for her own life, but uh, she knew that her kid would be fine and everything would be fine yeah. if something bad happened to her. But now it's like her kid's in danger, so that really ups the stakes yeah. and the ante, too, because now she has to figure this out. Exactly. Not just for herself, but for her kid. And her ex, because if and something happens yeah. to her, then who's going to take care of him? Because he watched it a day after her, so he's not going to yeah. be there for long. you know. And I think this whole this whole film is about death. It's, it, it is. It's about being scared that you're not going to be there for your kids or that your kid is going to die and you're not going to be able, able to take care of them and it's 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 so deep this movie yeah it's very it's as ex- deep as that well existential yes and it yeah and it's like knowing when you're going to die and mm-hmm. be, being able to choose what you want to do with the time that you have i think is a big yeah. theme in this too because she could have just like sat back and let all this shit happen and just kind of yeah. go peacefully into the night or whatever not peacefully but you know what i mean yeah. and it's it's a lot like having a disease right in the final right you know the final yeah. days of your life where like you can mm-hmm. spend it you're, you're gonna be sick you know that regardless so you can't yeah. do a whole lot but you can spend it like mm-hmm. go going off and doing things or you can just sit there and let it happen and you know pass yeah. on to the world but she has decided that she's going to fight and fight and fight and fight and, and uh attempt to figure out what's going on here and um yeah and uh you know good for her you know and 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 this connects her with her ex Noah a lot more too and they decide to team up to go on this journey they leave Aiden at her sister's house yep and uh and they go off together to this island and he is in charge of looking through the archives of the mental hospital that Anna Morgan was in and she is on the ferry to go talk to Mr. Morgan himself yep and uh on the ferry she gets a horse pretty angry Oh my this god, this poor horse. horse. This, this horse. scene, I feel Ugh. this scene, I don't like this fucking scene. Yeah. Um because this horse goes nuts when she appro- appro- approaches and jumps out of his cage and mm-hmm. like a- a- attacks everybody on the ferry and then jumps overboard and gets like crushed in the um rudders with the the yeah, the, what, what, I'm not very big on boats. I don't, I don't know, know what the hell they have. Well, <laughs> the, rudders the, something I don't know what they're called. Spinny thingies yes, that yes. chop up things. Yes. <laughs> I believe so, they're called rudders, yeah. Sure. What's we'll, we'll that word that. again? Yeah. And uh and so then she's on the island and and she tries to talk to Mr. Morgan and and he, and he's like so many of you have come here. And oh, and he's played by Bro, Bro, Brian, Brian Cox, Cox great. from Trick or Treat. Yeah, he's great in this. Autopsy of Jane Doe. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. And so you can tell, like, he's a little tired of talking about this. And she brings up the tape, and he's like, I don't want to see that damn tape. Yeah. And and it's just like, so you can tell there's a lot of stuff going on here. And then she goes to talk to this doctor, like the only doctor on the island, who used to um, check in on a- Anna and Samara. Yeah, this kind and, of jaded uh, doctor played by Jane Alexander. Mm-hmm. Um, Jane Alexander also, like, yeah. crazy casting. Yeah. And she's she's like very kind of cryptic, and she's like, when you live on yeah. an island, you catch a cold. It's everyone's cold, and like, she's man, like, what the fuck does yeah, no offense, man, but what the hell does that mean? <laughs> I love that. Again, very Rachel. She's just like, I don't I don't have time for this shit. Like, I'm gonna die like, in like two days. I don't have time days. for yeah. your folksy bullshit. Okay, <laughs> lady, like just, I'm about ready to die. What's okay? going on? Like, 
what happened to these girls? And she's she, like, well, the thing is, is that, you know, things were really bad here. But yeah. the moment that Samara left, we don't know what happened to her. Things got better. And so she's yeah, there's like, this Ooh. whole backstory with this kid where uh, there's Anna with the horses mm-hmm. and she had her horses and she kept having these miscarriages. And then yeah, this, she, she had like 66 or something. It's some ridiculous amount. I, I yeah. So, so then her and her husband go away for a while. They don't say where, but then they come back and mysteriously she has a kid and we mm. don't know who the dad is. It could be, you know, uh, Brian Cox. It could be someone else. And we kind of assume could it that be Satan. It could be Satan. It's kind of implied in the, in Ringu that it could be a satanic thing. Um, so that's very Rosemary's baby esque, I guess. But, um, so there's that influence there. Uh, yeah. So you just, you just don't, don't really know like where this kid came from, no. but it's obvious that she's stirred up some shit in this town, no. but they leave the backstory. And we're glad fairly... that she's gone. Yeah. I think it's smart that they leave the backstory pretty simple so, and yeah. just kind of vague because I think that's mm-hmm. where Ringu loses me a little bit where it's like, Oh, yeah. but the mom's actually psychic and Oh, and yeah, like uh, this, too much. this professor is studying her. And, but then there's also her yeah. brother who's like trying to profit from her. And I'm just like, okay, this is lo- right. like, it, it probably works in the book because it's like there, yeah. you have time. If to it's a novel. It. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. If it was a TV series. Sure. Yeah. But for like a two hour movie, like you can only have so much or else yeah. it just gets convoluted. And yeah. um, in the meantime, Noah is in the mental hospital. He's broken in. He's trying, trying to find shit. And he discovers that there's this video of Samara, but they discover that inside the box, there's no tape. Yeah. And they're like, well, who, who was the last person to watch this? And it was Mr. Morgan. And so he tries to call Rachel and she's already going back to the Morgan house. And yeah. she wants to talk to him again. And she discovers that this tape one, no, she discovers it like in like a box of shit um, with like centipedes and stuff. Yeah. Um, and she puts it in and she's watching it and it's Samara and she's being just t- talk, talked to by like a doctor. And this kid is fucking creepy. Okay. This kid is evil. You Very can tell. Very disturbing. Yes. You don't want to hurt anyone, but, but I do. I'm sorry. It won't she's stop. She's really scary. Yeah. She's terrifying. Yeah. And then... Uh, when the video's done, Mr. Morgan pops out and like smacks Rachel hard. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what his game plan was here, but good Lord. And he goes upstairs and she follows him and he's just like, I got to end this because this kid is evil and stuff. And he like has set up this like crazy thing in the bathroom with all these electrical sockets. This is the most elaborate suicide ever. Like, oh my God. I, I can't even like how many cords it's, did you it's, it's like every uh, appliance in the house has been like attached it's to this. so fancy. <laughs> it's a fancy suicide. Yeah. And he just like puts on this like weird I don't know what this thing it's like a it's like a shocker. It looks mm-hmm. like one of those like electric shock things. Yeah. And sticks it on his head and plugs everything in and goes into the bathtub and electrocutes himself. Yeah. And Noah shows up and they're like, what are we going to do? And then they go to this barn out, outside and they see a ladder mm-hmm. again. And they're like, wait, maybe that's the ladder from the video. So so they climb the ladder and they find this room. And they're like, I guess this is where Samara lived. Mm-hmm. And maybe like her parents were ab- abusive. Like they still think that this kid was like some ab- ab- abused kid. And maybe she's still alive. Yeah. And... They see that the wallpaper is kind of like sketchy. So they start to peel it off and they see this big tree and it's just like the tree that was outside of the cabin. Yeah. Where 
Rachel watched the video and she's like, I know where that is. It's very yeah, dark fairy tale esque. Like mm-hmm. that's fine. Again, the um, the imagery of this movie is just again so fucking striking. It just kind of gets etched in your head, which is kind of the it point does. because that's yeah. essentially what Samara was doing was taking these images, mm-hmm. as we find out, from her head and uh, yeah. ingraining them on this videotape. It's her rage and all oh. of these um, really primal images that have been stuck in her head are now part of this videotape and everyone else now mm-hmm. has to live through it as well. But yeah, like like you yeah. said, uh, um, Rachel is still convinced that Samara is just a nice little girl who was abused yeah. and everything else and uh, her mom was the one who was a little bit flawed and she should have taken more time and um, tried to understand Samara, which again, she's projecting a lot of her own issues onto this because her own kid is having all these issues in school and mm-hmm. drawing these weird pictures and um, so she, she wants to give uh, Samara the benefit of the doubt like she wants to give her son the benefit of the, benefit of the doubt and not exactly um, so that's a kind of cool little um, I, that's very Haunting of Julia again because Haunting mm-hmm. of Julia for anyone who hasn't seen Haunting of Julia you should go watch it because it's it has on a Shutter. is it is it it's on Shutter now fantastic yeah. fantastic I don't know if it's in HD or not I hope it is because I would Hopefully. love to see it in, a, in HD yeah. it's, it's, I don't think it's ever been in, H, in HD which oh. is a shame it's a yeah, great movie and it has yes. the same vibes of like the mom um, trying to make up for her own sins that she perceives by projecting them onto, uh, you know, other people and um, mm-hmm. wanting to see the best in this kid because she believes her kid is the best and it's it's great. Yeah. yeah. So they go back to this uh, cabin. Yeah. And it's almost almost time. Like it's this, it's almost time for her to die. You yeah. know. This like fucking dilapidated and cabin. Like I, we didn't really talk about, it, but it's so just like it's so sketchy, fucking yeah. creepy. It looks like a, something from like an Evil Dead movie or something. It's yeah. Totally it's totally Evil Dead. Yeah. yeah it totally, oh my totally god. Is. Yeah. And they discover that the floor is a little weird, and they kind of pull up the floorboards, and they realize there's this well yeah. that's underneath the cabin. And she, and they're like, that must be the well from the video. Mm-hmm. And so they, they rip o- open the floorboards, and they open up the well, and all these flies, like, come out. And then the TV, like, flies <laughs> and, like, flies hits out Rachel. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> she falls down the well. <laughs> And she's like, oh, okay, not feeling too good now. And yep. Samara, like, pops out of the water and grabs her hand and, like, shows her what happened to her, which is Anna put a plastic bag on her face and threw her in the well. Mm-hmm. And so she killed her. Well, and so that's why she's so mad. She didn't quite and, kill her, uh, though, right? Because not she, quite. she's no, still alive. She's still alive for seven days. Seven days. You get it, folks? It's a little cheesy, but, like, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, why? It does make sense. Because the the... Um, original movie doesn't explain it at all. They're just like, oh, it takes no. seven days to kill you, but they never address yeah. the fact that it's because she was alive for, you know, however many days. Yeah. And so then, like, she finds the body, and it looks pretty good for a, for a second, and then it, start, mm-hmm. it just starts to decompose. Mm-hmm. And she tells Noah, like, oh, I found her. She's going to be happy now. And the cops come, and they take the body away. And and then they go, and they pick up Aiden, and everything's great. They're going to be, like, a nice little family. And he goes to sleep, and she takes a shower, and she's like, oh, I've solved the case. This is so great. Yay. And the next morning, oh, motherfucker. Oh, um, this epilogue she, sequence, yes. Is... She wakes up Aiden, and she's like, everything's great. Like, we found her. We saved her. She just wanted to be heard, you know. And he's like, you did what? <laughs> she's like, <laughs> why would you do so that? serious. She fucking never sleeps. Like, why would you fucking? do that and 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 so then all of a sudden noah starts to get a little static on his tv Uh, and he sees this image of of the well the tv's leaking the tv is legitimately leaking and 
And all of a sudden, Samara comes out of the well, and we start to see this portion of the video we have not seen yet. Yeah. And it's pretty fucking scary. And she's coming out of the well, coming closer to, to the screen. And once she gets there, she climbs through the fucking, fucking screen TV. and starts crawling at this guy and then just appearing randomly. And she can, like, teleport. Just, it's terrifying, yeah. and then he is clearly not going to be long for this world. And no. Rachel is flying, just passing cars like she's going to kill herself. Oh, I, I mean, love the juxtaposition crazy. because, like, everything that's happening with Noah is so slow and, like, drawn yeah. out, whereas everything with her is just, like, crazy trying to draw, <laughs> yeah. drive over there. It's great, yeah. And she gets there, of course. She's too late, and yeah. she sees him in the chair, spins him around. We don't get to see what she sees, not yet. but she no. lets out one of the best screams oh. of all time. Oh, my God, Such yes. a good scream. Yes. And she sees that Noah's kind of like girlfriend assistant is coming up. So she kind mm-hmm. of ha- ha- has to hide mm-hmm. until she's gone. Yeah. And then she goes back home and she's just like crying. Like, why not me? Why am I still here? You what know, do you I want was supposed to me? die first. It's the Julie James Literally, moment, I right? believe yeah. she says that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like breaking the videotapes and sticking it in the fireplace and stuff. Yeah. And she's like, why not me? And then she remembers, oh, I made a copy. He didn't, but I did. And she realizes that's what's going to save Aiden is that if he makes a copy too and they make someone watch it and it's like the most bleak ending of all time. (laughs) It's just like, so what happens when someone else watches the the tape? And Rachel's just like, I don't fucking know. I guess they're going to (laughs) die. They have to make one too. I guess that's their issue. so dark it's even more bleak in ringu because they decide they're going to show it to like her dad at the end of it yeah and I'm like okay but then maybe they'll make another t- a tape after that to save him who knows but yeah that's... i heard in the original script and i believe yeah. this was actually shot there's a deleted there was yeah a, deleted yeah there scene, was a, yeah. a character played by chris cooper who mm-hmm. was like a child abuser or something that Rachel was doing a story on, and the ending was she gives the tape to him. Oh, okay. So there's, there's or something there's, like that. There's two endings then, because I've heard of that one. There's yeah. another one where they just go to a video store and they leave it in the video store. Uh, yeah. Now yeah, that so. one is on uh, on the DVD Blu- yeah. Blu-ray, I think. Which yeah. I think they could have still just left that in. I mean, it, it, but I, I guess maybe it was a little too dark because then it could have just been like, well, what if some other little kid wants to watch it you know it's like i don't know it leaves it kind of ambiguous yeah you don't know what they're gonna do with this tape but they'd have to give it to someone and yeah you know Mm -hmm. it's gonna keep spreading and spreading and spreading and spreading but uh oh it's uh yeah what a great fucking movie i mean really very very good it's perfect like we said it draws a lot from things that came before it it's also been very formative for things that came after it like i get a lot of like modern a24 kind of vibes with this where like yeah it's a lot of mood 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 for most of the movie and then there's that big giant mm-hmm. um scene at the end which a lot of the yeah. a24 films do that too where it's just like mm-hmm. uh it's yeah it's so fucking striking and all these like oh, so good. all the imagery and the geometric figures throughout and it just gets ingrained in your head and this fucking score like i said it just like oh, will not stop it so it's oh it's so good if you haven't seen it, I don't know many people that have not. Yeah, what rock like have you been living under? Very yeah. few. Yeah. yeah. What well have you been in yes. for? Yes. <laughs> 20 um, years almost, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's so good. Yeah, definitely the best of the Asian horror remakes. The best horror film of 2002. Um, one of well, the best. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yes, not a lot to go, go off the of The competition there, but... was fierce that year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say it's the best horror film of, of that, probably that did decade i would say i think probably. so maybe i mean yeah i love yeah. the descent i do like the lot, descent a lot know? but yeah yeah i, I think i agree i think it is the best of that decade but it's um, just in 
terms of like mood and dread and story and yeah. you know just escalating the stakes it, it it's it's one that i am i'm so happy it has held up and yeah. uh and i can't wait to watch it again in another 15 years <laughs> i watch it every couple of years actually i, I pulled out every oh few years, yeah look at you fancy <laughs> pants <laughs> It's unfortunate that Gore Verbinski then decided he was going to go make a bunch of Pirates of the Caribbean movies after this. And I know. Because they, of course, did make a sequel that, nah, not too much to say about it. <laughs> it exists. I, I would need to rewatch it, but I remember <sighs> really despising it. So I'm I revisited it no. again because I knew we were going to talk about this movie. And it just, it's got a pretty good mood to it. It's it's still got the, the themes and the, the music from this movie. Um it takes a lot of the plot points from Ringu 2 where the, where the kids like being possessed or whatever. It's kind of new nightmare-esque, but not as interesting. Right. Like, and, yeah. and the whole last act is just a fucking mess with the, the not your fucking mm-hmm. mommy. And it's just like, it's it's like some things kind of work, but a lot of it just doesn't. And um, Sissy Spacek is there, but she's only there for like two seconds. And it's like, okay. And her face is covered with like a fright wig. I'm yeah. like, you're going to use Sissy Spacek in your film yeah. and stick a wig on her where you don't even know it's her. I yeah. mean, come on. Yeah. And way Rude. too much CGI with those fucking deer that just come out of nowhere. The, and I'm just like. The deer I have not forgotten about. Uh, yeah. It just doesn't hold a candle to uh, this film. It was a good one for our 50th episode. Woo. Mm-hmm. 50 nifty 50 50 50 50 years old i don't feel a day over 39 <laughs> book them dano i'm 50 mm-hmm. okay overlook gems we got them oh um maybe <laughs> maybe i do maybe i don't um i want to talk about a little picture called cheerleader camp I don't know if you've ever seen this film. It uh, is a slasher from eighties. Yes. It's a slasher from eighty mm-hmm. seven. Has mm-hmm. not come to Blu ray, so I'm yep. just gonna put it out there. Like Vinegar Syndrome, you want to g- get on that? Um, it's about a girl who is a cheerleader and she goes to this camp. Who to fuck it, right? <laughs> Hence the name. Hence and, the name. <laughs> and she finds love and acceptance. The end. No, yeah. she finds death. Mm-hmm. Is what she finds mm-hmm. brutal death because someone is killing the cheerleaders of cheerleader camp and and they think she's a suspect and uh, it's just fun it's it's a good it's it's like it's sort of like a weird like sexploitation movie meets slasher meets like random comedy it's very odd mm-hmm. but I like odd so it works for me and uh, I say check it out it's out of print. Mm-hmm. So good luck. <laughs> I don't know. So it's probably fun. on like YouTube or some, something. I'm sure but it's one that you would think they would up. release at some point, re-release again. Um, yeah, because all these it's eighty slashers are like having a resurgence, and it seems oh, like yeah. more and more of them are coming back to light. And definitely, there's so many. There's just there's like a billion of them. It's it's yeah. You, you really will never are. you will never run out of eighty slashers to watch. I swear. No, no, there are a lot that were made for about like a buck. Mm-hmm. And they just have not been seen since like 1986, but they're yeah. going to come back. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, I'm going to do The Hearse from oh, 1980. Classy. A supernatural horror film. Um, kind of like The Ring, not really, but uh, it has this newly divorced <laughs> woman uh, played by Trish Van Devere. Devere, I don't know how to say it, but she decides she's going to spend the summer in a home given to her by her dead aunt. Um, on the way there, she has a dangerous encounter with an old hearse, and it doesn't take long for her to discover that the house itself is haunted. It seems that the aunt may have been dabbling in the dark arts and the occult while she was still alive. 
Um, <gasps> so then Jane meets this local man named Tom Sullivan, and she's very attracted to him, but this guy seems to have some sort of dark secret that she can't really put her finger on. But let me tell you, she puts her finger on it eventually, and then some. Oh, I bet uh, she does. <laughs> there are lots of fingers involved, and she's... Trish and her fingers. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's known for that, you know. Yeah. It's one of those movies, the ending doesn't really work super well, but uh, it's got a great kind of soap opera vibe to it. And uh, I'm always here for like a, mis- a mysterious town with a secret and a haunted house. And uh, all the townspeople are really um, mean to her for some reason. She doesn't really know why. Yeah, it's got some pacing issues, but overall, I definitely recommend it if you need something that's a little outside of the usual. It's got a striking score as well, too. Um, so go check it out uh, for yeah, some girls with ghosts. One antics cool uh that wraps up the ring and we have one more film left for the month too and then on to something totally different which we know we're doing but we're not gonna tell you yet and uh, we're not going to we have a secret (laughs) so as always you know you can find us on facebook and instagram and twitter we're on instagram at homos and haunted till we are on facebook and twitter at hohh podcast uh you can find us on where are we? Letterboxd. There we go. And <laughs> you can leave us a review on iTunes. Please be very nice. And uh, we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash homos on Haunted Hill. We are going to be releasing a, a fun episode later this month, as we always do, mm-hmm. a bonus episode of sorts. Uh, so yes, make sure to consider following us on there and all of our social medias. And yes, as always, thank you for uh, sticking with us through this past year. It's been a crazy ass fucking year. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it so much. I mean, the yeah. fact that y'all listen to us is ridiculous, but thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's just been a way for us to pass the pandemic time. So it's nice mm-hmm. that people have had nice things to say and uh, yes. have you know stuck with us through all of our yeah our growing and changing and audio issues and everything yes. else we've had. That's, oh, I know. Yeah, it's uh, it's wonderful. The horror community is is really lovely uh, overall, and yes, it's it's just a Aren't great they? bunch of nice people for the most part, mm-hmm. and uh, kind yeah. and accepting and tolerant, and um, yeah. not all of y'all, but most of y'all, the, the ones who listen Except to this podcast. Except for some of you, <laughs> yeah. but y'all wouldn't be listening to this anyway. No, so it I, matter. I I feel like they would have given up like after an episode or yeah, two. If, uh, probably. Yeah, we would have yeah. got some nasty reviews from people, but yeah, probably. <laughs> As it stands, we just have one, so we just have one, and we own it. We it's own a it. badge of pride. It is. It really is. You gotta have at least one. Yep. Or, yeah. Or you're nothing. Oh yeah, nothing. You're nothing in, in this in this business, town, kiddo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so who knows what we have planned for the rest of 2021? But uh, mm-hmm. it's gonna be a good time. So we will see you next week for the final episode of Girls with Ghosts Month. All right, y'all. We're gonna climb out of this well and go get something to eat, and uh, yeah, we'll see. Oh man, I've been starving. It's been seven days. Oh, Me too. It's been seven days. It was it was a great diet. It was I lost <laughs> was so much wonderful. weight though. It was... <laughs> I highly recommend the Samara diet. The, the it's Samara. great. It's uh, great for swimsuit It's season. very similar to the Sadako diet, but it's the American version and it just it yeah. really slims you out. You can't eat it anything, does. but it's you got plenty of water, so it's great. You can eat fingernails, I think. <laughs> you can I think eat that's your all fingernails. You <laughs> the water's a little tainted, but it's fine. It's a little gross, but <laughs> You'll survive. You'll survive. Or Maybe. you won't. Maybe. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> that seems like one of those like rich rich person diets of like, you just lock yourself in a well for like seven days. It, it's really... I mean, what's so difficult? That's what I did. It cleanses all the toxins and yeah, it's great. 
You just pay to go to a cabin and lock yourself in a well. That's what you do. <laughs> All right, Muffy. All right. I mean, my God, Rosalinda, my lovely housekeeper, just locked me in a well. It was wonderful. Best fast of my life. My poodle, Shirley, really loved it. <laughs> she just bragged about it the whole time. <laughs> well, I guess we'll actually see every... Well, here, everybody, in seven days. That's kind of weird. So the next mm-hmm. time you hear from us, it will be seven days. Seven days, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I hope we don't die on the air. I know. We'll see. Oh, man. I mean, we often die on the air, so what would be different? <laughs> it would be great for sweeps week. What yeah. Yeah. Ooh, it is almost sweeps time. Yeah. <laughs> we need to... Well, we have some good stuff for May, so it'll be it'll be fun. We do. Yeah. yeah. We do. <laughs> okay, we're actually leaving now. Goodbye, Bye. folks. Leave the well better than you found it. She Bye. never sleeps. Goodbye.